again, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Prep Extra Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Ekstrom, alongside Luke Mullen. As always, winter sports season is done, and Luke, we turn it around right away, and spring season is here, and that is what's on the dock today. It is our official spring preview. we got plenty of stuff to talk about today, boys golf, girls tennis, track and field, and Luke baseball as well as soccer and man spring sports pack it in there it's what a week turnaround i mean when spring sports started i'm like good lord they're starting already yeah less than a week if you were at if you played on championship saturday at state basketball and then spring sports started on thursday (laughs) i mean they don't practice on sunday so you got three days to get ready i mean i i know we we had our uh super state basketball shoot too and you know a couple of those uh players are running track you know you obviously have some crossover with with baseball or soccer too and it's like <laughs> you you really gotta turn turn the page real quick and and forget about it find a new new practice yeah i mean those three sport athletes that go from football to basketball and the baseball soccer or just whatever sport yeah. they play it's absurd and you get no breaks. Yeah. I don't know. I need some breaks every now and then. They they just, apparently just don't get any at all. For sure. And, I mean, off the top of my head, I don't know how many there were, you know, basketball players that – because that, that one ends the latest of any of the winter sports. But last year in particular, Drew Christo for, for Elkhorn played on the championship oh. Saturday. And then on Thursday he started Elkhorn's season opener, which is just wow. ridiculous. Yeah. Did so, he – play for the football team because they did. won state as yeah. well right yep played football as well wow man yeah I, I remember i was interviewing him and he's like i haven't had a, a day <laughs> off from practice in like a year <laughs> yikes I, but say then he's yeah then probably that last summer he went right into legion ball right after baseball went to, i think he i think or he did he graduate oh, graduated yeah, so then probably, Nebraska, yeah so. so but man that's i i couldn't do that schedule but. yeah pitching Pitching some on the the baseball team, which they are they are struggling a little bit, but yeah. a lot of the Nebraska guys getting action. That would be something interesting for us to look at. Some of the not just baseball, but lots of former Nebraska prep stars doing some great things this year in, in lots of different sports. So. Have kind of an alumni spotlight yeah. episode of Nebraska athletes. I like the idea, Luke. Let's explore that. But yep. first, let's go over spring sports and what's happening. The previews of what the scene is going to look like this year. And, Luke, let's start in boys' golf. Let's kind of reset the scene of what happened last year. Creighton Prep won uh, the Class A state title um, over second place Lincoln Pius X. They only won by five strokes, um, so closer than maybe a couple of previous years. So Creighton Prep defending champ um, in A, uh, and then Mount Michael in B, Bishop Newman C, North Platte St. Pat's, other defending state champs. but, Luke, when we just look at – let's take a look at City for a second as well. Those are previous state champs. Pius X, runner-up last year, but a lot of seniors uh, on that team for Lincoln Pius X. The big one, Jason Kolbis, uh, Cody Sander is graduating, Charles Hoiberg. All those guys, both those – all three of them are in the top ten, and they're gone. Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the challenge. I find this a lot. Golf, tennis, you know, you have a, a pretty small team, you know, maybe four or five super big contributor so it's not like football yeah. where you you graduate a senior and somebody's been playing jv i mean really it's a a whole new world year to year i think with uh a lot of these so yeah that that pious team i i think they should be competitive obviously you learn a lot from 
players like that, but it, it's really hard to take it. Okay, you know they were second last year, so they should be in the same spot. I mean, there's there's a lot of variables. So yeah, it's interesting because golf you have ten to fifteen guys on the team as a whole with five yeah. varsity and then five JV and then maybe a couple other guys whatnot. But um, yeah, the golf scene is tough. It really is because you can have a couple of top guys lead the way and whatnot, but it's tough to have really good five guys all the way around because man. Golf's a tough sport. Yeah, you know, I was I was just gonna say too. It's like, I don't know. I mean, it, it every sport is unique in its championship in its own way. But I mean, golf is by far the most mental. It's just you and the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's a uh, it's it's really a testament to everybody who wins a state title because it's just them against the world, basically. Yeah. So, and it's interesting. It's kind of like soccer, and we'll talk about that in there in a little bit as well. Is that the spring season is. It still means something to them, but it's kind of a warm-up for the summer scene because that's where the big tournaments trying to qualify for the U.S. Amateur, U.S. Junior Amateur, uh, of course, uh, Nebraska Golf Association circuit with match play, amateur, and everything like that. So it's kind of a warm-up to everything, and actually you get to see what the junior uh, scene during the summer is going to look like during the school year as well. I mean, I think it's a pretty cool dynamic. Absolutely. I mean, it's... Same thing in soccer that we'll get to, but it's a lot about passion. I mean, yeah. it's about just playing the the sport that you love, getting out there. Oftentimes for this uh, early season spring in the in the blistering cold and rain and windy, obviously we've we've gotten a little sense of that weather already this week, and so it's you know it's tough. It tests you in in a lot of different ways to to really get you in the swing of things over the next couple of weeks. And also in boys golf, Lincoln East, though, does have to be the favorite for individually uh, in terms of the Class A title. Will Topolsky will be up there, Luke. Definitely. And there's there's a lot of talent in the city. Um, Southwest got a new first-year coach as well, replacing a lot of their lineup from last year. Um, you know, it it depends uh, on a lot of things. You know, we're looking at Lincoln Lutheran there in Class C as well, a strong program, made state um, last season as well. So, you know, a lot, lot of talent, a lot of potential to be had. Just got to realize it. And Topolsky, by the way, finished runner-up last year to Creighton Prep's Jake Bohr. So he will certainly be the favorite heading into this year. And that's kind of a quick little preview of boys' golf. Obviously, a lot of things change. A lot of newcomers. Who's going to make that newcomer impact for these teams? Uh, we will find that out here in the next couple of months in boys' golf. For girls' tennis, Lincoln Pisex defending the state champion and return some key players in the city luke thunderbolt's going to be a really good team once again absolutely i mean they they won state and just really came together as a team last year it wasn't you know it's kind of interesting these spring sports you had the year before everything got canceled um really kind of reset a lot of the trajectories a lot of the i guess career paths of these players so you know it it was kind of difficult to identify the favorites you know not a real defending champion so Pius, I think they they really came out of nowhere. Those those seniors were hungry for it. Haven't been canceled the year before. A lot of young players too, and and now with the seniors gone, they'll be the leaders this year. Now Pius is going to stay in B, correct? Or are they moving up to A? Because last year they were B. No, they're they're Class A. They are. They will yeah. be in Class A this year yep. for girls tennis. Okay. Uh, and then you have worth noting in other Lincoln schools. Um, Obviously, Lincoln Pius will be favored there. But Lincoln East, also a strong program. Christina Lee placed second last year, number two doubles. Uh, but she'll get a new partner in Sophia Sarab. Yeah, uh, Sarab, she was out there as a freshman, really impressive. 
Um, and just got to give a shout out to the the entire state tennis um, operation. Just a really fun couple days. I uh, got the chance to get out there and and watch a little bit of it. So yeah, I think those those East doubles teams are always fantastic. You know, they'll they'll work on you know some different partners and and see how it shakes out over the course of the year. Um, so yeah, Christina Lee, one of the best uh, players I got to see last year. You know, for for Pius too, it's interesting. Uh, CC Ulrich, she won number two singles last year, so might be up in number one singles this year. With uh, Claire Patchy was the the state champion. She graduated there, and Ali Woida, uh, part of the number one doubles team. I expect she'll she'll be back there. You know, not sure exactly how their pairings are going to work out, but uh, a great tennis player herself too, and just a a ton of tennis talent in the city. It's kind of yeah. interesting. You know, we, we talk a lot about these sports that are metro dominated and you know, with with the population difference, you kind of expect that. But the Lincoln teams, they went one, two, three at state last year. Uh, on the girls' side, uh, Lincoln Lincoln teams have won it 2018, 2019, 2021. And three different schools as well, Pius, Southeast, and East, uh, the last three state champions there in Class A. Yeah, and even you got North Star who has some talent coming through. Yeah. They'll make a push. So plenty of talent in the city area for girls' tennis. Should be another exciting year for that scene. And then looking to track and field, again, let's point out Lincoln East real quick, Luke. A lot of lot of really good athletes in competing on both the girls and the boys' side. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to come down to a longtime track and field coach, John Gingry. He loves loves to be out there. Uh, year-round, obviously, the football field. He loves getting the, the football guys out there to run track as well. And a couple names, top of the list, uh, those football multi-sport athletes. Sam Kapos, uh, just a, a great kid, great attitude, a real hard worker. And defensive tackle uh, in the fall, decided to, to become a diver in the winter and had a great run, made it to state. But really, I think his, his future is college throwing. Had a, quite a few scholarship offers. I know he's had some... Uh, visits all over to one of the best throwers in the state and will definitely compete for for state gold and then you got probably the the hottest name here in Lincoln Malachi Coleman just was just super impressed and you know maybe we'll talk recruiting a little bit later at a different episode but man I mean he has over a dozen power five scholarship offers got Georgia 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 it's insane <laughs> yeah national championship team and they want him and I mean it's he has a ton of potential we could get into that but in terms of track and field he's just a burner he's flies up uh the track obviously up the football field as well so he's going to be fun to watch in those sprints you also got Carter Templemeyer going to the jumps Megan Waters and Shandy Folly uh, going to the jumps as well. Kaylee Denker going to be throwing. Uh, so a lot of talent there for the Spartans. Now, Luke, let's go over to Lincoln High. Haas Defran, she won the 100 and 200-meter dash last year. will be going to Florida State. And, I mean, Lincoln High just keeps producing these really good sprinters. Of course, Darius Luff winning a bunch of state titles now at Nebraska. And now Devron is going to do this again and then can go to Florida State, one of the powers in track and field. Yeah, a ton of track talent there at, at Lincoln High. They, that is a fun track practice to watch if you're ever <laughs> just kind of walking by. You can see that uh, part of the track and field, I think, from from Randolph and 17th or, or whatever street that is. Um, they, they have a lot of kids out for it. It's a, a great sport there at Lincoln High. And yeah, DeFron, she is just uh, a fun uh, athlete to watch, just 
you know, when when you have these elite sprinters, they just look different when you watch them run. And yeah, she is definitely that way, especially at at state track was just incredible. Um, you know, shout out to another football track star, Benny and Goy, really uh, one of the best friends of Malachi Coleman too. Those by those guys just both blew up this year with their football recruiting, and he's going to be doing jumps as well. Another really talented athlete, name to watch for picking up a lot of scholarship offers in football. Yeah, I watched him in a couple games this last fall, and he's impressive. Big body, 6'4", 200 pounds, maybe 6'3", but regardless, really good uh, build, and he's giving me a good wide receiver in college. And I, I think, you know, doing the jumps, I mean, watching him in football, he elevates. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's got crazy skills. I'd love to know what his vertical is. I know he does a lot of, uh, which is kind of interesting on a side point, there's like 7v7 Yep. football in the winter and i know he does that too so just staying in that shape you know running jumping and and doing all the things that'll make him successful yeah seven seven v seven is a very explosive scene right now in yeah. college recruiting that's become more of a priority for some of those top recruits but get back to track and field lincoln lutheran will also challenge in class c they got a couple of stud runners and adriana Rodenkall and abby wackel wackel who of course played on basketball and volleyball teams Volleyball won state. Basketball was runner-up. But you got a bunch of other athletes in there. Luke, Ellie Dahl from Fremont, uh, Gabe Henricks from Elkhorn South, um, Isaiah Selesny for Osceola. I mean, just up and down the board, a bunch of really good athletes. For sure. Uh, Dahl and Henricks, you know, you have those dominant distance runners and, you know, 1,600, 3,200 meters. Uh, Those are their specialties right now. Both of those are going to be high-level Division I recruits already. Um, got their commitments in Dahl to Nebraska and, and Heinrichs to Notre Dame. And kind of interesting one to watch there, Northeast Daniel Romery won the 800 meter and was, I believe, second to Heinrichs in, in a couple of those events. So, you know, Heinrichs, he's a elite. You know, he's the favorite for sure, but you never know. Romery, he can run too. And shout out to Isaiah Zelazny. I believe he, he had an injury in his shoulder during mm-hmm. basketball season, all-state football, all-state basketball Four gold medals at Jeez. state track last year. I mean, if you're looking for a all-around athlete of the year, he definitely fits the bill. And is he a junior? He's just a junior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, scary. Yeah. He's giving me around for another year, creating some chaos over there in Osceola. But that's gonna that's kind of our preview of track and field and some of the top athletes that we're looking out for this spring season. And then we go to soccer of course one of the bigger scenes of spring sports luke let's start on the girls side last year in class a gretna one of the more dominant teams in team history sarah weber uh record in goals 48 or 49 41 i believe we were oh, just, we were yeah, just we were talking just a- about it and going crazy over all the goals i think what did they have they had like a 20 goal game as a team yeah, it was absurd yeah just just some of the matches that they won uh 47, yeah, 47 okay. goals. We got we to gotta count all of them. Yep. You know, no disrespect to Sarah. She earned them all. So. <laughs> then add in nearly 30 assists in yeah. there as well, and just one of the most impressive seasons of all time. Uh, but, of course, they lose her and a couple others. They'll be challenged this season. Lincoln East, who pushed them last year um, in the state tournament, I believe it was the semifinals. Yeah, Gretna had to win in a shootout to beat the Spartans, yep. and they're going to be on the rise. They produced a couple of... Who are now at Nebraska um, soccer athletes, and they're going to push the Dragons. Yeah, and they got another one still on the roster. Yeah. Lucky for him, Kama Carpenter. Uh, you know, just part of that kind of attacking trio 
uh, Hillen Peterson were, were part of that as well last year, and she's just going to be a machine this year, focal point of their attack. And, yeah, that, that East soccer program, they have a ton of talent and really looking forward to seeing if they can break through kind of that, that Gretna and some of those other strong Metro teams. And a couple other Metro teams to look out for. You have Omaha, Marion, and Miller North. Of course, Miller North, who was the Class A runner-up last season. Um, and then you have Marion, who was also made to the semis, losing to Miller North 2-1 to in that semifinal as well. Yeah, very. I think that the Miller North team surprised a lot of people because they were like 8-8, eight and eight, I think, during the regular season. And obviously, they, you know, it was a tough schedule that, that made it that way. They still made it to state. But I think they had to win a tough game in districts and then going out and upsetting Lincoln Southwest, who was undefeated throughout the regular season, you know, to open up the state tournament. I think, you know, they, they'll lose some seniors, but still a lot of talent. Obviously, you make that run, and, and that just kind of builds up kind of the pedigree, you know, the expectations for your program. And Marion knows a lot about that, uh, those expectations. They're uh, state tournament regular there in Class A. And key note for that Miller North team, they were runner-up as the number eight seed. They came in the yeah. state tournament 11-7. and seven. Then they upset number one Lincoln Southwest, who is going to be good this year. They were fifteen and zero going into the state tournament last season, and they got a bunch of really good players. Luke, yeah, looking at a, a couple of those multi-sport athletes we were talking about. I mean, not a lot of time for McKenna Rathbun and Kennedy Williams playing in the yeah. Class A title game, <laughs> and got some soccer practice. Get a couple of soccer practices in, you know, get used to those shin pads again, and and get back out there on the field. Uh, so there, those are two exciting players. Kennedy, she's a, a great all-around athlete. But looking at a couple of Division One commits on that Southwest team, Kayla Hassler to, to Omaha, Claire Nist to Baylor, and Jillian Lane to South Dakota State. So they'll all combine a very talented team again, and all those players part of that team, you know, that hurt last year. They're not going to forget it. Yeah, and Southwest, just really good soccer program. Oh, Girls, yeah. boys, just overall really, really good. Uh, and then you go down to Class B, Norris and Omaha Scott, who have been staples in the Class B field the last, I mean, for a long time, and it doesn't seem like it's going to change. Yeah, and, I mean, last year's Norris team, that was really um, a big step up for them. You know, they had a ton of talent, uh, just had to kind of realize their potential and pretty much undefeated the whole year uh, going up against Scott at State. I mean, sorry to all you Titan fans, you've heard – You've heard that one in a, a few different sports. <laughs> not not big fans of going up against Scott in the state yeah. finals, but they'll be back challenging and a lot of talent again. Yeah, it tells you how good Norris was to push Scott last year. In the two opening rounds, Scott had beat their opponents 7-1 to one in both games and then beat Norris 2-1 to one in the state title. So Norris and Scott right now looking like they're the favorites to head back there to the final at Morrison Stadium. That's our recap or preview of the girls' side in soccer. Now going on to the boys. And, Luke, when you talk about dynasties or staples uh, in soccer, it's Omaha South, and they're going to be the favorite once again after winning the state titles in 2019 and 2021. Absolutely. I think it's like uh, probably one of the toughest things in the entire state to make the varsity soccer team at Omaha South. I mean, I'm sure their their JV team is – just full of players that yeah. could, could play varsity anywhere. Um, ton of talent, always well coached, and obviously those those players have a, a great passion for it. It, it shows up every year, and it, it's kind of interesting. Usually, um, you know, there's there's some degree of you know a second place or a, a, you know maybe a clear top three. I think you really have Omaha South at the top, but it's really kind of muddied. I think beyond that, a lot of teams maybe like two to six that could could really challenge for it. 
Yeah, and then you go down the list of other teams that'll be in there. Gretna, Creighton Prep, Millard West, Millard South all had strong teams last year. Um, they'll be in the mix. Most certainly Prep is always in there. They're kind of they're like Omaha South. They have a machine there in the in the boys' soccer program just producing a lot of talent year after year. Uh, but then when you go and look at the city, you have a couple of pretty good teams, and I think one of the more interesting storylines of this year is going to be Lincoln Southwest undefeated last year going in the state tournament uh or undefeated going up to the state final when they lost to Omaha South in the shootout and they lose all but one starter on that team which is just crazy I mean that they had such a senior heavy team obviously it was kind of a feeling of their year to win it all and man I mean that that state final was such a well-played game you know going into extra time too and then the penalty shootout was fantastic just uh to lose it that way though obviously is a a heartbreaker always in pens. So going to be interesting to see some of those younger players that, that got some experience last year in, in pockets. But like you mentioned, I mean, the, the talent there, I think they've started pretty well already the first couple of matches of the season as well. Uh, they'll definitely be a favorite out of Lincoln. Leighton Jepson is the only returning starter on that team, and he will be key for Southwest if they want to be competitive in the Class A field. Otherwhere around the city, you have Lincoln East and Southeast, who both won over 10 matches last year, and even Southeast uh, made it to state. And they'll be in the Class A mix because they return a lot of starters. For sure. And, I mean, that's the that's the thing about soccer, too, is, you know, it's, it's so low scoring that, you know, you— if you have a solid enough team and you get to those district opportunities, I mean, even if you haven't made it to state in forever, ever, you know, whatever it might be, you you always have a chance. Just play a couple good matches, just get hot at the right time. I mean, baseball, obviously very similar in that regard. Love, love that kind of aspect of spring sports. Just, you know, these, these low scoring team sports really kind of give a a feeling of the passion to these players and, and how much it means to make those strides late in the year. And then you go into the Class B scene there. Omaha Scott, they won the state title last year, 3-1 to one over Lexington. Um, and those two teams certainly going to be in that top five uh, throughout the year. But preseason number one is Bennington. Can they do, uh, I guess, the football soccer sweep, I guess? They do, they do basketball. But... Don't don't come out in baseball either. Yeah, baseball, I mean, yeah. Yeah, their, their top five team in my rankings too. Our, our Brent Wagner has them number one in his rankings, so... Make sure to check out the the full top tens online. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Scott capturing the the boys girls soccer double last year will be very difficult to replicate. Both teams, you know, in the mix definitely. But I will say on on the boys side, I wouldn't sleep on South Sioux mm-hmm. City. Fantastic soccer tradition in that program, and whenever they make it to Morrison, those fans they they pack yeah. the stadium. <laughs> they make sure their voices are heard, and and I expect them to be a lot better this year after uh, pretty much a 500 record last year. And I believe they won back in 2018. Correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they have that championship pedigree. That's our preview of the boys and girls soccer scene. It's giving me another fantastic year in soccer. But Luke, let's now go down to finish out the show. Let's go over baseball. This is your beat. This is your scene that you cover. What can you tell us? It's, there's a lot of talent. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, I was going through, like, the preseason forms and then, you know, going through my Super State team from last year, and I was like, wow, you know, there's a lot of sophomores and juniors mm-hmm. on that team last year that are, are still coming back. I made, like, a top eight players to watch, and I still had some Super Staters left out, a lot of Division One commits. And what's interesting, too, is, 
you get a lot of Division One players from all over the state, like yeah. Grand Island, Tyler Faye, he's going to Alabama. I mean, that's a, a huge SEC powerhouse. You got Central City's Kale Jensen, he's going to North Dakota State. Um, Brooks Neifel from Wayne, he's going to be going to K-State. Um, just a, a lot of others, you know, that, that I, <laughs> if I put some time together, I could come up <laughs> with a huge list just off the top of my head. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's talent all over, and it's it's really interesting. Um for me, the question is this year, obviously the Metro has a ton of baseball talent. I think Lincoln Southeast in like 1977 was the last mm. uh, non, non-Omaha non team to win it all. But this year, I think Lincoln East has a very, very good shot of things. And I, I know head coach Michael Lanik, well, I did, if he listens to the podcast, he might not be uh, <laughs> too happy about me putting some pressure on those guys. But they have a bunch of Division One commits, I think. Uh, Cooper Erickson, uh, first baseman, Wofford commit. He's going to be one of the best bats in the state. Keegan Brink, returning super stater, going to Omaha. Uh, Noah Walters, he's going to be a a middle infielder. And then what's interesting about this East program as well, they have a ton of freshmen and Mm. sophomores who are going to be very, very high-level Division I commits. Uh, In particular, they've got two freshmen, Joey Senstock, committed to Nebraska, and Jeter Worthley, committed to Michigan, who... You know they might not play varsity this year, but yeah. I mean, if you have you've you got Division One commits in the pipeline, yeah. you know there's a lot of talent all over. Uh, top pitcher Jalen Worthy, he's committed to San Jose State as well. So, to me, you know the, the talent throughout the order that'll keep East competitive. Just a question, you know, is the overall pitching depth there? Because these Omaha teams, they definitely have the depth. Yeah, and then. I mean, you got Lincoln East there, and then the contenders in uh, the Metro preseason number one, Millard West, who apparently is just loaded with Division One Division One pitchers as well. I think I think they have five. Oh and my goodness, I think well, I think three of them are going to Creighton, which okay. you know makes sense to get that that pipeline going. And a couple of them, I think, project more as like relief or okay. you know more long relievers in in college, but. Obviously, at the high school level, if you you know if you have the stuff to to play college baseball, you're you're pretty good, you know, for these hitters to go up against. And got a sense of that definitely at the the state baseball tournament last year. Their depth uh, was pretty much unrivaled, and in particular, super state returner Jackson Cahoy. He he almost averaged one and a half strikeouts per inning last year. Jeez. Just a, a ridiculous breaking ball, a great fastball too, and I think he's still uncommitted. So. Mm. He could he could join that legion of Division One pitchers there. What's interesting though is defending champion Millard South really really got unlucky with some uh, injury troubles. Nate Maquin, a Nebraska baseball commit, he's out for the year. So is Braden Sweet. I think they both had like shoulder elbow surgery a couple weeks ago, which does happen. You know, it is it is rough. You know, baseball if you're a, a kid throwing. 80 90 it at the high school level it puts a lot of yeah. stress on your arms and you know coaches do a lot to mitigate that but you know injuries that can be so random so unlucky just you know a couple inches you know a couple uh stress on your elbow anything can happen so best of luck to them in their recovery but for millard south already graduating a ton of seniors um going to be even more of a challenge for them to repeat without those top two guys Elkhorn South, Lamont Westside, Creighton Prep, and Fremont will all be in that mix as well. And Luke, aside from Lincoln East, we've already mentioned as a uh, contender for the championship, uh, you have Lincoln Southeast and Southwest will be competing for success. I mean, you've already seen Southwest play um, in North Star. I mean, uh, they can make some sort of noise after major improvements over the summer. For sure. Those first two kind of the, I guess, the 
trendsetters, you know, the, the teams that you expect out of Lincoln to be leading the pack southeast, great, great baseball history and southwest ever since they opened have, have kind of been a, a baseball power as well. And I will say this year's southeast team, I uh, just wrote an article about it, ton of baseball guys uh, mm. that, that also played football. Jake Applegate didn't play baseball since a freshman, Nebraska oh, football wow. commit, coming back <laughs> as a senior um, to, to play with these guys. I think it probably helps a lot of friends, a lot of longtime teammates on the team, and head coach Montana Jones, also an assistant football coach mm-hmm. in the fall. So I know we mentioned Gingry over there at East, you know, coaching track. So a lot of the same thing, you know, you get these these guys and saying, hey, you know, come play baseball, you know, <laughs> if you're not if you're not sick of me, if you can stand a couple more months of coaching. But yeah, a lot of talent at Southeast and, and Southwest in particular, a, a lot of young players coming up. And worth mentioning, uh, Jabba Chamberlain's son playing varsity baseball over there at Southwest. So name for all of you uh, baseball fans to keep an eye on the Chamberlain history continuing just at a different school here in Lincoln. There we go. That will be certainly interesting to see if he does anything here in the uh, in baseball these next few years. Uh, certainly uh, certainly try to live up to his dad's yeah. reputation um, and see what his fastball is like. Yeah, Carter Carter Chamberlain, I should no. say. I should throw his first name in yeah. there. It's not all, not all about the family name, yes. but just a sophomore playing varsity at Southwest is, is definitely a, a credit to his athletic ability no. in itself, so... Uh, going down to Class B, Beatrice is the defending state champion. Um, but, Luke, you have Norristown, one of the more talent-rich areas in the state. They'll compete, uh, even though Beatrice does have key pieces coming back. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that Norris team last year, they really, um, I think, kind of felt it was their year to win state and fell short. You know, Beatrice pulled it out there at the, the state baseball tournament. And looking at them, you know, they, they do lose a few of their pitchers, and that was really what Beatrice rode to the state title was its pitching. Um, but, but great hitting, returning throughout the lineup. A lot of multi-sport guys there from football and basketball teams. But for, for Norris, I think the, the name to keep an eye on is Kale Fountain, just a sophomore uh, and committed to Florida State when he was a 14-year-old. Um, I, I believe his younger brother might be in eighth grade now, so he'll be, he'll be coming up in that program too. Um, just ridiculous. I think he hit... For over 400 great power I think you know mid 80s uh, or high 80s fastball already so he's going to be an all-around player and senior Landon Meyer for Norris as well returning super stater one of the best uh, pitcher hitter combos in the state and then in that top four as well or top five Omaha Scott and Bennington also you already mentioned Bennington yep. oh, look out for them as well in baseball yeah the, those schools just have so much athletic talent that they do a great job in baseball as well a um, lot of pitching, a lot of hitting, just uh, a great depth all around. And just wanted to throw it back to Class A real quick to talk about North Star. Mm. Didn't didn't want to gloss over them, but made a huge jump from from the spring season to the summer, and I believe started off three and zero this year in the spring already. So keep an eye on them to make some noise. Look out for the Navigators making some strides in Class A. That's all we got for this episode, Luke. Jam-packed a lot into this spring sports preview. A lot of stuff going on, and you can keep track of all that on JournalStar.com or at Prep Extra on Twitter. Luke, when you're wrapping up All-State Basketball, we'll have that episode out hopefully next week with the picks and analyzation of all of that. But where can we find you this week? Yeah, going to be at the the Pius uh, Baseball Invitational there on Saturday. Always a, a highlight of my early season when the weather cooperates. Yes, I think, exactly. I think last year it was like 40 degrees. It was windy. It was awful. But 
I mean, they, they do a great job of getting in a bunch of talented Class A and Class B teams. So, you know, for me, the ability to, to see these teams early in the year and see where they're at always always makes a big difference. So, um, like you said, though, next week, you know, we'll be looking out to, to hand out some of our awards. I know we had our midseason ones, too, but a lot, lot can be said um, just to kind of go through. Obviously, we went through all the state basketball results, but talking about the individual players and, and highlighting some big performances. The Prep Extra State Basketball Awards. Yeah. We could call it that. We could change the name. We'll, 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 we'll think of something. We'll, we'll say next week. But that's all of this episode of the Prep Extra Podcast. Again, you can follow Luke at Twitter at LMullen7. You can follow myself at Sports. Again, next week, all state basketball. Gonna be a good one. Don't want to miss it. But thank you so much for listening to this one with spring sports season officially underway. From Luke Mullen, I am your host, Jeff Ekstrom. Thank you so much for listening. Now go out and enjoy some spring sports.